0: today on season 2 episode 70 of the Unknown Packers podcast five and one baby Bryce and I break down the Packers come from behind victory over the Lions Monday night We give out game balls discuss lame calls and address some listener texts We're feeling good here in Titletown now it's time for a win is a win on tap.
1: Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Yes. Touchdown! Dagger. Al Harris 56 yards to a game winning touchdown. Green Bay Packers. No bad,
0: no. Winning is everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Green and yellow. Yeah. Yeah. Unknown Packers podcast.
1: Green
0: and yellow, green and yellow, green and
1: yellow. Green
0: and let me yellow. tell you this. Green Bay is a great town.
1: Green Bay, Bay. Bay. and welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast, where I'm your co-host Bryce Christensen, and I have with me another co-host Neebles, And the Packers win 23-22. They move to five and one, three and zero in the division since the first time since 2012. They sit atop of the NFC North, and I'm fired up to do a win is a win on tap, and we're going to talk about that because it's a W, baby, in the record books. Uh, I know that there have been fans that, on both sides, that say that we don't deserve that. I say poppycock. I have other words, but we, we we've turned over a new leaf. The family show. So I say, I say, I say poppycock to that. A win's a win. We've been screwed before, and if you're gonna call that a gift, to each their own. But the Lions mustered up less than 60 yards in the second half, couldn't convert touchdowns, instead settled for field goals. So. All right, I'm 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 getting ahead of myself, but the Packers win 23-22, Neebles and you hit it on the head with some of your game balls. Let's talk about the first one. Uh, we wondered if Aaron Jones could go back-to-back, if he'd get neutralized. I do wonder the hit that he took early in the game, if that contributed to some of his, his gaffes, uh, his sure, parents sure. in attendance as well. A very unforgettable game for us, and hopefully a forgettable game for him. Hopefully he learns from this, but... We talk about the impact that Jamal Williams has had with the Green Bay Packers. When he got hurt against the Philadelphia Eagles, it felt like the Packers abandoned the run. They didn't have Jamal Williams against Dallas, so Aaron Jones ran free. And in this game against the Lions, Monday night football, Jamal Williams decided to kind of, you know, take the bull by the horns and run with it. He it doesn't seem like he's just a complimentary back. He's a he's a focal point in this offense and you nailed it right on the head, so I want to give credit where credit is due, and I want you to talk about that. What what insight did you have leading up to it, and then also when you got to see it unfold, how were you feeling? Yeah, I mean, there's really no insight. When you look at Jamal,
0: he's just a guy who loves being out there. He loves running that ball, and it kind of seems to be over the last couple of seasons that it, if Jones isn't doing it, then Williams step in, steps in and, and takes over. It's not very often that you see both of them shut down. So I just had a feeling that he was itching to get back in the game. And once he got in the game, he was either going to kind of provide enough to get the Lions focused on somebody else, open up the the lanes for Jones a little bit more, or he was going to take the rock himself and and get it done. And he he proved the latter. He got it done, 107 yards, I believe, looking good. And I just like how he plays. He has fun out there. Uh, even, you know, he gets stopped. Big deal. He gets up. He's always smiling. I love that attitude. So I knew he was he was due for a breakout game, especially missing it. He's the type of guy that just does not like missing time. So right. I was stoked. I was real stoked to
1: see it. And it's nice to see. We talked about who can who can step up. And we'll, we'll talk about a couple other players that stepped up in the 23-22 win over the Lions. But Jamal Williams definitely stepped up. And there were a lot of talks in the offseason about his role and especially with uh, the Packers drafting Dexter Williams, albeit in the sixth round, uh, a guy that had a lot of fanfare in OTAs as well as in training camp and preseason. And Jamal Williams just kind of, you know, uh, kept his head down and just continued to grind. We talked about how Aaron Jones transformed his body in the offseason. Jamal Williams did the same thing, really really took the offseason seriously refined his diet, focused on the little things. And you can see that he's a different type of running back. And I know in the past two years, it's been more Jamal Williams and we wanted Aaron Jones. The real refreshing thing is that when Aaron Jones has an off day, it's nice to see that Jamal Williams can step up. Exactly. And and stepping up, I think, is uh, not even the correct term because he had 14 carries for 104 yards 7.4 average and then also chipped in four receptions for 32 and a touchdown. That's where he's deadly. Is these I just remember uh specifically in the his rookie year where we beat the Cleveland Browns uh, how that sort of skyrocketed or propelled the team was Jamal Williams on a nice little dump off that he he was able to take it into the end zone and so you see it again that he's able to find the end zone not only running the ball but receiving it so definitely uh kudos to you and a guy that goes almost 140 yards all purpose uh, with the touchdown Aaron Jones finished with 11 carries for 47 yards and uh that costly fumble and then four receptions for 13 yards and uh unfortunately that blemish where uh a wide open um, mm. touchdown mm. that I felt like he could have really used that as a way to uh, uh right his wrong with the fumble but The big thing is that the Packers come away with the win. You see players step up. And other players that have stepped up I'd like to talk about is we were wondering with Devontae Adams being out again with his turf toe injury, and he's already stated that he's not going to play until that's 100%. So stay tuned with that injury. And I know there's been a lot of clamoring and talk about Gutekunst needs to go out and get a wide receiver. And not to say that he doesn't have to, or not to say that he won't. I, I think he's a man of his word. He's going to leave no stir, stone unturned. And he's definitely looking into that, especially with Darius Shepherd struggling and uh, Geronimo Allison being injured. But what what I really like to see was a guy that stepped up, the guy that we had been talking about ad nauseum in training camp, a guy that I had said would make the 53-man outright in July, and then again, the 53-man outright when roster predictions were or when rosters were trimmed down to 53. Granted, I had him as a tight end initially in my mm-hmm. 53, mm-hmm. my pre-53 man on tap in July, just because I didn't know how he would make the roster as a wide receiver, but he continued sure. to have an impressive preseason. Translates it into the regular season. We talked about how Kumaro has been a preseason darling, but we haven't seen it translated. The refreshing thing, and maybe it's just... You know, a week one blip or a week one sort of burst, and now other teams have tape on him. But the one thing with Alan Lazard, who finished with four receptions, 65 yards and a touchdown, he stepped up. Oh, yeah. He Good stepped time. up. And also on top of it, this swagger, this meanness. You know, he's he's embracing contact. He's throwing defenders to the ground. He's jo- I mean, he ticked off Rodgers a little bit because he was jawing too much and took his sweet time to get back into the huddle. But even Rodgers said that Lazard had told him, hey, I, I'm running this route, look for me. That type of confidence in a guy that was signed in December of 2018 off the practice squad from Jacksonville, and uh, a guy that was a stud in Iowa State, uh, has the size, has the speed, has the swagger, we, we had him step up. And It'll be the interesting thing to see, is can he continue? But for me, I don't think you can have it all. Right, I don't, And I tweeted this, and I know that you liked it, so snitches, <laughs> thank you. But you can't have an all-great quarterback, two running backs that produce a, a, a top-tier offensive line, Devontae Adams, edge, safety, cornerback, D-line. You've got a lot of it. Right. And I know that the Packers haven't addressed wide receiver as much as they have with the draft, but I do believe that Gutekunst will make that a focal point in 2020. Sure with it with it right now you can't have it all right. and maybe the maybe the packers make a move but this type of play from Alan Lazard makes me think that Lafleur and Rodgers can find ways to win, can get guys to step up, to buy into this philosophy of family and culture. So for me, I think the other fortified positions make up for quote-unquote the deficit at wide receiver. But Al Lazard is, a, is another guy that I want to give a game ball recognition to. We talked about who was going to, to step up, and uh, man, did he ever. Definitely. And And,
0: and along those lines, I mean, I've been reading all week about him and, uh, and Rodgers, how they've had this this budding friendship, you know, and they have this great relationship going on. Rodgers has been pushing for him to get in the game more, get the ball more. And my fear about bringing someone in, I mean, I know there's things floating around now about OBJ coming in and blah, blah, blah. I, this team has great chemistry right now. They're all getting along. They're all having fun. And not to say someone else would come in and, and, and spoil that, but at the same time, I think you're, you know, you're, 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 you're playing with fire. You know, why, why mix up? Why mess up a, a good thing you have going here? I mean, the chemistry is so strong on both sides of the ball. I don't think now is the right time to bring someone in new. Like you mentioned, in the, you know, focus on it in the draft, get, you know, get a rookie in here that can grow with the team from training camp on and build those relationships. I, I just don't like, you know, the thought of bringing someone in and, and possibly messing with the chemistry.
1: I, and I'm with you on that. And I, also believe that Kunst will do his vetting process, make sure it's a guy that fits into this culture. I mean, it has to be right. But for me, I, I mean, the indicator of a team that knows that they're a championship caliber team is, is making moves. So I, I, I think the Packers will make a move, but I, I I'm not in. Uh, I'm not in the school of thought of uh, for draft picks, high draft picks to bring in this. We need this wide receiver too. I think that LeFleur buys into this stout offensive line, these two running backs, and Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. Some people might scoff, but he is the whole reason the Packers are 5-1. and one. I mean, uh, the defense definitely is a huge boost um, where you can win games with your defense, but without Aaron Rodgers managing the team, making players better around him, that's the thing that we've wanted to see. That's what people were telling him about Rodgers early in his career far made everyone better, and Rodgers, well, now you're starting to see how he can just elevate the game. So I I think they make a move just because, just for roster depth sure, and just sure. maybe for some sort of competition, but I don't think it's going to be the splash, big splash. Right. I don't think it's one of those things where if we don't make a move that the Packers aren't a championship-caliber team, I still right. believe the offensive line is what is where it's yeah, at. Yeah. and You hit it on the head again. The sexy, soothing, so, t- so soothing sounds <laughs> of Nebels. But not only that, you've got intelligence too. You've got brawn. You've got intelligence. You've got this cadence, this voice. What I, I, I am just blessed to be in your presence because you are hitting it on the head again uh, oh, with bootstrap. Hey, uh, uh, bootstrap. A broken clock is right twice a day, Bryce. So <laughs> I, you are too humble. You are too humble. I'm going to continue to <laughs> boast, but you talked about bootstrap, Billy Turner having a game, and he played really, really well per Ross Uglum of Packer Report. So tell me again, why did you feel that Billy Turner was going to be a guy that was really going to step up?
0: Again, nothing, no insight, nothing in particular. It's just that that feeling I had. He seems to be, people seem to be referring to him as the weak link of the offensive line, and honestly, I think eventually that gets back to the player, and he just, I think he just, he steps up. I think he's recognizing the the great line he has around him, and is still learning the system. You know, getting used to who he's playing with, and he was he was due to have a good game. And I think that's going to continue. I think as our offensive line gets stronger and the season goes on, he's going to get stronger right right along with him. Uh, he may be the quote unquote weakest link, but when that link is is strong and can perform as he did yesterday or Monday night, whatever that was, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I, I'm expecting him to, to keep up and be on par with the rest of the group for the rest of the season. It's pretty exciting seeing this line. We haven't seen a line this good in this complete in years now, and it's it's working wonders for this team. I mean, the running game's going. It's opened up the
1: passing game. I still think our best football is yet to come. Exactly. We haven't played four quarters of great football, and when that happens, oh my lord. Yep. And I... The thing that, as we wrap up the first half of a win is a win on tap, you have Elton Jenkins, which you spent a second round draft pick. Would you rather have a wide res- a rookie wide receiver or Elton Jenkins? I'll take Elton Jenkins. Elton Jenkins uh, all day. All day, all day, all day. Playing at a Pro Bowl level as a rookie. I, I, If they would have done the draft over again, he might be a top 15 pick. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, unbelievable. Might be the best draft pick uh, of Gutekunst so far, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the season, but... He's looking to be just a shining star. And we brought in Billy Turner. Would you have rather brought in a wide receiver or would you rather have Byron Bell? And right. At, who, who, Lucas Patrick, all these guys. So Billy Turner, like you said, might be the quote-unquote weakest link, but he's still uh, an unbelievable contributor, way better than what they've had. So the other game ball I want to talk about is Mason Crosby. Mason. Uh, last year having a quote-unquote an anomaly of life. Missed five field goals. Correct me if I'm wrong. You are correct, sir. And bouncing back. And c- came into this offseason, had some competition. A lot of people were thinking might be Sam Thicken. Would they trade Crosby? He comes in and he goes toe-to-toe with Matt Prater, who was just kicking bombs. And I look at it where Crosby chips in three field goals and the game winner gets the Lambo leap. Got to give credit where credit is due. There are a lot of other game balls that I think we can give them out to. But I look at James, or, uh, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard. You're, you hit it on the head with Billy Turner and Mason Crosby. As we wrap up, give me your final words on Mason Crosby for this first half of a win is a win on tap. Oh, clutch Crosby!
0: I loved it. I loved it. You know, on the night where they were—it was the, the 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 kick kick cancer or, or whatever it was. You know yeah. his his wife. Yep. You know, going yep. through her her episode with the cancer, I think it couldn't have been right. more fitting. I loved it. That kind of walk off win felt good for him. Felt good for his family. It it couldn't have been more perfect.
1: I love that you mentioned that. Hope you enjoyed the first half. But well, when is a win on tap? We'll be right back with the second half. Go Pack!
0: You are listening to the Unknown Packers Podcast. You want to be a part of the show? If so, give our listener line a call. Leave your name, a comment, concern, or question, and we will include your message on an upcoming episode. Call 920-328-5269. Again, that's 920-328-5269. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to show us some love and rate us on your favorite podcast provider. Now, let's get to the second half.
1: Welcome back to a win is a win on tap. We did game balls in the first half and we're still rocking and rolling with what I think is our best episode yet to come. Me and Nebel's connecting on just really high, high wavelengths. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, (laughs) and I would like to, uh, and speaking of high wavelengths and your intelligence and your brawn and your beauty, (laughs) you came up with the idea of the text call in line, which is just genius. And we actually have had some people come in. Leave their name, leave their thoughts. So we've had we had three text slash calls, and I want to address all three of them and then talk about their questions. Want to thank everyone for supporting the Unknown Packers podcast and overall the unknown Packers productions. It is very humbling to say the least, to have people come in, comment, tweet all the followers, all the interaction we're getting on Twitter. It is a true. I don't use this word often, but a blessing I am very, very thankful. And we wouldn't be doing this without our fans and supporters. So, love you very much. And it makes it more fun for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't have to talk and scream (laughs) into a microphone. And so, with that said, Nathaniel in New Orleans at NGTN 18 says, Hey, guys, I love your show. And I love you, Nathaniel. Tonight, I'm keeping an eye on a couple of under-the-radar guys to make an impact play. I'm pulling for a Rashawn, Gary, Sack, and or... Josh Jackson interception. And Josh Jackson didn't play. Chandon Sullivan got the start, which makes me think, what's going on there? Uh, Second-round pick from last year, Josh Jackson, a guy that had first-round talent, fell to the second round and the 45th overall pick in the second round, did not play. Did not play. And you had Chandon Sullivan step up. So give me your thoughts on that, Nebos, with the whole Josh Jackson. Uh, I was thinking he, was going, he had to have a big game. But uh we didn't see that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a head scratcher. I mean, it just seems like anybody who comes in here
0: keeps pushing Josh, Josh back down on the depth chart. I I don't know if they're keeping him healthy, going to try to, you know, move him along to someone that that needs a defensive back, but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's a real head scratcher. I mean, I didn't see much of him in training camp or anything. I don't know what he did wrong. I don't know what he did right either, but there must be something going on that he just keeps getting pushed down the depth chart.
1: And you also have Shannon Sullivan, uh, a guy that we picked up in May who was cut from Philadelphia. Right. And a guy that just continued to make plays in OTAs and training camp in the preseason and really made an impact enough where he was kept on the 53-man roster. And now you're seeing him... Top of the depth chart. Uh, that's, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Is this Chandon Sullivan, Josh Jackson? But Chandon Sullivan had an interception last week against Dallas. So he's a guy that's making plays in games. So it wasn't right. just practice, it wasn't just training camp and preseason. He's making plays against really good teams. Granted, Dallas is now three and three, and maybe a lot of people are wondering how good are they? I just think we demoralize them. Oh, yeah. I think we demoralize them where they're they're just picking up the pieces. And that's what Green Bay does. We just come in, we demoralize you, and you just have to go back and just put the pieces together and figure it out because it's Green Bay's year. And I'm still – Nathaniel, I'm sorry, but talking about Rashawn Gary and – it was more Preston Smith. Preston Smith was a guy. Zadarius Smith got uh, another sack, and then he did his little uh, I'm sleeping celebration because he was fined for, I believe, missing practice. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, yeah, he was. From what
0: I read, he was stuck and not stuck, but he was relaxing in a hot tub and yeah. missed one of his
1: meetings. <laughs> nice, nice. Zadarius works hard, plays hard. I that's like right, that. That's right. That's right. But Rashawn Gary, uh, first round draft pick, 12th overall. What's your... i? I was. I'm rooting for him. It's Mike Smith. Linebackers coach has talked about how it, 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 he needs to just focus on the little things. Let the game come to him. We right. talked about that in our in our uh, pregame episode. We talked about will the game come to Rashan Gary? But Preston Smith was a guy. He had a, uh, one and a half sacks, I believe, seven on the year so far. Yep. One less than his uh, season high total of eight last year. So it's Darius and Preston, and I think that. Rashawn Gary can learn from both of them. He doesn't have to be the guy. Definitely. I'm still pulling for him, but I think patience is what we need to prescribe to when it comes to Rashawn Gary. And Nathaniel, I also had Rashawn Gary as my, he was my third
0: game ball, pre-game ball guy from, from earlier. And you know what? Sometimes it's just not in the cards. He can't still, have it all. Inex- exactly.
1: Exactly. You can't have it all. You can't be sexy. <laughs> you can't be strong. You can't be smart. That's right. That's right. But yeah, he's he's still learning.
0: It's still a working process. He was, you know, he was in there, but nothing splashy, and it's going to be like that for most of the season. They're they're finding a spot for him. They're working on what he does best, and I am, I have zero concerns about the future of Rashawn Gary. Uh, I have utmost confidence in Patton and Smith. Just get him where he needs to be. Work him in as they are now. Who better learn, you know, learn from, learn behind than than the Smiths. I mean, there's no rush at all to get Gary in there. He can sit back, he can watch, he can learn, and he's going to be better in the long term for it. So I am all for how they are progressing him right now.
1: And I'm all for making you awkward when I compliment you. So I'm going to continue to do that. Oh, yeah. I I love it. That's what the Unknown (laughs) Packers podcast is all about. Moving to the second fan, Richard Holloway at RJH6504. He says they didn't call the interference on Aaron Jones. The officiating was bad all around. Packers fans saying that they feel bad about this win is asinine. Great word choice. Yep. The defense did a great job in the end zone. Crosby was clutch. I'm happy. Well, I'm happy too, Richard. I am very happy. A win is a win. That's why we called this episode a win is a win on tap. Never Uh, apologize for a win. And that's the thing. We live in an age now where you can scrutinize, you can zoom in, you can critique, you can pause, you can do anything to look at the officiating. Yeah, it, it it's still a work in progress. But with specifically with the whole David Bakhtiari and Trey Flowers, Bakhtiari went up to uh, like the side judge and said, hey, uh, are you guys not calling hands to the face anymore? And essentially clued in referees to check in on what Trey Flowers was doing. You can say it wasn't hands to the face, but when you're looking at it, and maybe David Bakhtiari did a great job of selling it, but he's still, I, I'm still there where he's clasping onto the shoulder and he's doing something that's illegal. Right. Maybe it's not hands to the face, but he's doing something that's illegal. And so as the NFL continues to evolve and pick up on that, I don't think you can clasp onto the shoulder pad and run your fist up into his face mask, into his head. And so was it a full-on palm? No, but I don't feel bad. And nope. we've been screwed before. Yep. So to talk about how the Packer fans haven't felt this way, and talk about how we always get gifted wins, give me a break. I tune in week in week out and hear all these commentators talk about the other team. They did it again with Booger, oh, yeah. Booger McFarland, and I like to call him Flem McFarland. <laughs> I'm not calling him Booger, but needs to keep his emotions out of the broadcasting. So exactly. to say that the, the that the they wanted the Packers to win, no. But I will say there were definitely some plays where I'm like, "Wow, uh, Packers got away." It just feels good to have them come our way right. this time around.
0: And you and you just cannot. I mean, I was talking to uh, to our friend Maggie Loney, and the league has survived a hundred years thus far. Y- you cannot remove the human element from the game. Once you remove the human element from the game, then I, I don't know what to tell you. That's not a that's not a game I want to see. So mistakes are going to happen. This game is so fast, the referees don't have the benefit of, you know, any sort of special goggles that allow them to see slow-mo as the play is going on. They're seeing things in real time, and with the whole thing with Bach, yeah, I mean, it It looked to me real time like his head was getting pushed back. Flowers, exactly. I don't know why, I mean, they should not allow anybody to grab inside the collar, which, is, which yep. to me was what he was doing, so... Was it, you know, in hindsight, seeing super slow mo, seeing it a thousand times? Was it, uh, you know, a bad call? I'm not going to say it was a bad call. It may not have been, have been the right call, but you can only call it like you see it. And right. unless they're going to go back and start reviewing every single play, those play you got to let those things go. You're exactly. going to you're going to win some. You're going to lose some. But you just got to let it go. I mean, again, like I said, you take the human element out of the game,
1: that's not a product that I'm going to want to watch. And they called it twice. Right. So not just once. They called it twice. And he did the same thing again. So maybe it's not hands to the face and they need to reword it, but they called it twice. Same thing that he did back to back. So for me, it's kind of like the strike zone where you start the first inning, as long as the umpire kind of keeps the strike zone intact. Right. If he's if he's calling it on the corners, he's got a more or he's got a more tight strike zone, you accommodate. So for me, he got called again. Don't do that same thing again, and he did it again. So I don't feel bad, but moving on to the third guy, Jared. I love his Twitter handle, at jdubs99. Hi, my name is Jared. (laughs) As for tonight's game, the biggest takeaway is how dependent this offense has become on D.A. And also force someone to step up to help win. Tonight, that was Lazard. Great game, horrible officiating. (laughs) I'm happy. And I'll address this. Uh, Dependent on D.A., I'm I'm going to challenge that. Devonte Adams is arguably maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL, top two, top three, depending on who you talk to. But it would be one thing if we were so dependent we couldn't muster up anything. That's on Lafleur Finding ways – that's on Rodgers. Finding ways to extend drives to get players to step up. Yeah, we miss Devontae Adams. I want Devontae Adams in there. But if we would have lost this game by scoring maybe three points, six points, just a touchdown – that would have been an indicator that we're solely dependent on DA. So I'm going to challenge that notion. Granted, you need to have someone step up week in, week out without Devontae there. So that'll be the big question is, can Lazard do it again? Just like we said, can Jones do it again from Dallas to Detroit? That's the biggest thing for me. But Alan Lazard, a guy that we've been hyping, uh, me and him have actually interacted a couple times on Twitter, so a little humble brag there. And uh, I I couldn't be more proud of Alan Lazard and that touchdown that's the thing. If if you're complaining about the officiating, the Packers still made plays. That huge touchdown was an indicator that nope, we're going to win this game. Yep, and
0: like you mentioned, if you go back and look at the stats here, I mean Rodgers hit nine different receivers for 283 yards. So I mean I could see where someone says, yeah, we're dependent on Devontae Adams you know, to be that guy. However, you look again, you look at the stats. This allows Rogers to spread the ball around more, give guys other opportunities, and that kind of keeps defensive defenses guessing. If you know they're solely focused on Adams, you know that could be a problem. But this way, like I said, nine different guys, two hundred eighty-three yards, uh, twenty-four receptions. That's that's a nice day. I'll take that any day, any day
1: of the week. All day, all day, all day. And speaking of all day, the Packers are all week five and one as we wrap up. Five a win is one. a win on tap with. The Intelligent, strong, and sexy Neebles, soothing, sexy sounds of our producer and our co founder of the Unknown Packers Productions, uh, <laughs> my other brother from another mother. I'm going to keep it going, all right. All uh, right, how, how do you feel? Packers are five and one. How do you feel as we wrap up this episode?
0: Man, a win is a win is a win. I don't think I could have imagined with a rookie coach, new scheme. I couldn't, I didn't imagine them being five and one, to be quite honest with you. And like I said. Like you said, like we all said, their best football is yet to come. They are rolling. This
1: train is going to keep rolling. I love choo it. Choo-choo, baby. I love it. Heck yeah. Bring on Oakland. I- I'm ready, and that's it. Packers are 5-1, and one and the thing that just inspires me and excites me is that this is a team. This is a family. Yes. The Packers can overcome deficits. The Packers can climb back, crawl back, and... And and get back into games and find ways to win. It might not be pretty, but like you said, yep. a win is a win. Yep. Getting coming out and and that flea flicker right off the bat and holding the uh, the lions to three points. Mm-hmm. Uh, being being down and clawing back. At, what down ten nothing. Right. And that what I was gonna sorry to interrupt. What I was gonna mention that I,
0: I totally forgot is you look at this team this year and when the chips are down they're still pumping each other up exactly. they don't have that body language that defeatist body language that oh, uh, you know we're gonna lose they're not throwing up you know throwing their arms up in the air and pointing blame they're nope. sticking it together as a family they are continuing to pump each other up and I actually like how the offense is starting to kind of get into that end zone picture thing after they after they score I think this team is having more fun than they've had in years and that's going to translate onto the field. I'm I'm loving this
1: team right now. And we have still yet to play our best football. 5 and 1 oh, Green Bay yeah. Packers. This starts with Brian Gutekunst. It goes down to Matt LaFleur and now goes with the team and Mike Patton. This starts from the top and Gutekunst we trust. So even if he doesn't pick out this uber talented wide receiver to be our number wide receiver 2 uh, opposite Devontae Adams, trust the Gutekunst process right now. The Packers are 5 and 1 with rookie head coach Matt LaFleur and we are just getting started thank you so much for tuning in to a win is a win on tap I'm your co-host Bryce Christensen and I'm Nables and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers Podcast make sure that you're tuning in to TuneIn Radio Spotify Apple Podcast Anchor Google Play Stitcher and a variety of other podcast platforms don't forget to say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're good friends with Alexa. Make sure you're checking out our website, theunknownpackers.com, as well as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Reddit, The Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Bryce Christensen, and this is The Unknown Packers Podcast.